Hello, good day to you. God bless you all. This is Pastor Christopher Allam in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well. We are uh, in the subject of the blood covenant, and this is going to be lesson number 38 in the subject, uh, the blood covenant. And uh, we yesterday we talked about, uh, um, you know, about us being conquerors through Christ Jesus that Jesus Christ is our victory. That's what we were talking about. Because uh, in the old covenant, they had the promises, the promise of uh, God that he was Yahweh Nissi. I'm the Lord, your banner. In other words, I'm the Lord, your banner of victory. And in the new covenant, we have Jesus Christ, who is our victory. Hallelujah. And uh, now we are going to talk about the next point, And that is uh, Jesus is our shepherd. He is our shepherd. And uh, uh, in the old covenant, they had uh, Yahweh Rach, Yahweh Rach or Yahweh Roy means that I am, uh, I am the Lord, your shepherd. I am the Lord, your shepherd. And in the new covenant, we have Jesus as our shepherd. And he said that I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And we know that when Jesus died for us upon the cross of Calvary, he laid down his life for us, taking upon himself our sins and our diseases. He took our place upon the cross. So he is our good shepherd who laid down his life to save us. Now in John 14, verse 26, these are this is a promise that the Lord Jesus made before he was crucified and he died and, and was buried, rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. This is what he said. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. It says, but the helper, some translation says he's the comforter, but uh, the Greek word is parakletos, which means the one who comes and stands alongside. That's what it means, the comforter or the helper. The Greek word is parakletos, which means the one who comes and stands alongside you. So what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit is the helper who will come and stand alongside you. And he says, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So what he's saying is that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will do two things. He will, amongst other things, there's many things that the scriptures say the Holy Spirit would do, but the two things that he mentions in this verse is that first he will teach us all things. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our guide. He's going to teach us. And then he's going to remind us of everything that the Lord Jesus himself taught us. So that's one thing the Holy Spirit is going to do. He's going to lead us and he's going to teach us. Then in John 16, 13, it says, when he, the spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. That in other words, all truth basically is talking, you see, there are many things, um, that God has that we don't know anything about. But everything that we do need to know, we have them in the scriptures. In First Peter, um, it is written, it says that all things, 
uh, that pertain to life and godliness has God given to us. So God has given us everything that we need to know to live our lives in a godly manner, in a way that pleases God, in you know everything that we need to live this life, God has given to us. But then there are things we will discover uh, the wonders of, of all those things that are there, but we don't know about because they are not really relevant to our situation here on this earth. But when we go to heaven, we will find out. But truth, revealed truth, that means the truth that we need to know to live this life. Everything that we need to know in this life, all the truth there is, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us. And how the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us? Well, the first thing it does, uh, he reveals it to us through the word. In, a, in other words, um, he's basically talking, I, in my view, he's talking about the books of the New Testament because uh, you know, when the Gospel of John was written, the books, the other books, the epistles were not there. They came later on. So the, so that is the revealed word. Now, <clears throat> if someone goes beyond the revealed word and begins to say things like, and these people who do that, they say things like, well, the Bible says that he will guide us into all truth. And here is this new truth that the Lord has given me. And they come up with a personal revelation that really has nothing to do with the Bible. Well, when people come with such things, just discard them, just reject them outright. Because there's one thing that is written, uh, uh, you know, in the Bible about the Bible itself. And the Bible says, if anyone adds to this book or takes away from this book, God will take away from him the, his portion in the book of life. So we have to be very, very careful if someone comes and ever says that, well, he has this new truth, you know, it is not in the Bible, but the Holy Spirit has revealed him uh, to him. And then you say, how can the Holy Spirit reveal to you something that is not in the Bible? Then they often quote the scripture. He said, well, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and the Holy Spirit will guide us and uh, he will guide us into all truth. So this is a new truth, which is of the Holy Spirit. That is not of God because anything that the Holy Spirit will show or reveal to you and to me in this life, in this age, will always line up with the written word of God. Because the written word of God is the totality of the revealed truth as God has given to us. So anything that falls outside that, just disregard it altogether. Okay, so you don't have to believe things that preachers preach because sometimes I've seen that especially in Africa and those of you in Africa listening to me I want you to listen to this there are preachers in Africa uh, who say things like uh, well God has shown me this totally outlandish thing and then you 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 kind of believe it straight away that and think that it is of God well it could be witchcraft a lot of things that are done by these so-called prophets in Africa are actually witchcraft and you have to be very, very, very careful of these false prophets, okay? Because a true man of God will only preach the Bible and he will not go outside from the Bible. So remember that. So when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, that is, he will show us the word in the scripture. That is the revealed truth, the word of God, okay? So then it says he will not speak on his own authority, but whatsoever he hears, he will speak for he will tell you things to come. In other words, the Holy Spirit will always speak, not of himself, but he will speak from the Father and the Son. All right, okay. Uh, 
So we, we are talking about, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit being our guide, being our teacher, being our shepherd. Okay, in Luke chapter, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verses 78 to 79, it says, Through the tender mercy of our God, with, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. So it means that uh, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So Jesus is talking about Jesus. Jesus has come to this world to give light to those who are in darkness and also to guide our feet, to guide our feet uh, into the way of peace, that we may walk the way of peace. Okay, John 10. John 10 is the is the famous, uh, uh, you know, chapter where Jesus talks about him being the good shepherd. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. And, <coughs> and the good shepherd laid down, lays down his life for the sheep. So first you have to remember that Jesus is the good shepherd. Okay. So to follow uh, when you see the, the Holy Spirit only and always points to Jesus. That is why the Holy Spirit came. Jesus said, he shall take that which is of mine and make it known unto you. And then Jesus says, when he will come, he will glorify me. So the Holy Spirit came to reveal Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to uh, glorify Jesus, to lift him up. And another thing for my friends in Africa, you have all these so-called prophets and apostles who don't point to Jesus, but they point to themselves and point to their own so-called ministry. Don't follow men who don't point to Jesus. Paul said, follow me even as I follow Christ. So uh, when you see a man who, who uses the name of Jesus, uh, but he's actually, he doesn't worship or follow Jesus. He uses uh, and, and, and all the attention is upon him and upon his ministry and upon him being a prophet, him being an apostle. Believe me, if you follow such people, you're going to be led astray. So we have to point to Jesus because Jesus talked about himself as being the good shepherd. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. None of these prophets or apostles that you follow have laid down their lives for you, but Jesus has laid down his life for you. And the Holy Spirit will only point to Jesus and he will not point to a human uh, prophet or apostle. And I'm saying this to you for my friends in Zimbabwe, Zambia, South Africa and Africa, because in Africa I've seen these things are are, are wild. I mean, it's crazy. Some of the things that people do are completely crazy. Anyway, so it says uh, in, in John 10 verses 3 and 4, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now, Jesus is talking about the, the shepherd and the sheep. What he's saying is that the doorkeeper opens the door to the, to the, uh, to the shepherd and then the shepherd comes in and the sheep hears the voice of the shepherd. And when, and it says, he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So uh, Jesus as the personal shepherd, as the great shepherd, he has a personal concern over your life. You're not just a, you know, some people talk about, oh, the flock. No, the flock is one thing, but the flock is made up of individual sheep. The good shepherd, Jesus, 
looks at us not just like a flock because when you're looking at a flock you can't tell one sheep for the other they all look the same but but Jesus he calls each one of us out by name he cares for you individually and personally it says and when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice he says he brings out his own sheep and he goes before them. That is, he leads them. He doesn't push them from behind. He leads them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Why do the sheep follow the good shepherd? Because they know his voice. So it is very important for us to know the voice of God. Each one of us as a child of God, it is important for us that we get to know the voice of God how God speaks and what does he say? How, what are the things that he says? First thing you have to remember that, uh, uh, you, know, about, you know, about the voice of God, about the voice of Jesus. Uh, Jesus will only speak in line with the word of God. He, you know, the, when the Holy Spirit leads you, when the good shepherd leads you, they will only speak in line with the word of God. Remember that they will never tell you to do something that is not in the Bible. So if you have a, you hear a voice in your head telling you to do something that goes against what the Bible teaches, believe me, that is not the voice of the good shepherd, that the voice of, that's the voice of the devil. So people ask me, how can I know the voice of God and the voice of the devil? Simple, the number one basic thing, and if you use that, you can eliminate a lot of wrong things from a lot of wrong voices that you're hearing. Number one, the voice of Jesus, the voice of the Holy Spirit, when they lead us and guide us, they will only speak in line with the word of God. They will never say anything that is contrary to the word of God. So we have to remember that. He says then, so we know the shepherd's voice. Not only do we know the contents of what the shepherd says, but we know that voice because that's a voice of peace. When that voice speaks, when you are familiar with hearing, once you get familiar with hearing the voice of God, believe me, the moment that the Lord nudges you, you will know that this is the Lord speaking. Okay. So now Romans 8 verses 14 to 15, this is what it says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So, uh, we, you know, we are, we are talking about the Lord being uh, our shepherd, leading us. So, in the context of that, it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these they are the sons of God. So, Sons of God are always led by the Holy Spirit. They are led by the Holy Spirit. Re remember that. It's not that they, they just hear something and they do it. And, and th that's not it. But they are led by the Holy Spirit. They walk with God. Those who are sons of God, those who are true servants of God, they walk with God. And they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And they are led by the Holy Spirit. Whenever the Holy Spirit speaks to them, they follow. And remember, 
those things that the Holy Spirit will only glorify Jesus. He will only point to Jesus. And secondly, the Holy Spirit will only speak in line with the word of God. Just remember these things. The Holy Spirit will only point to Jesus Christ and not to anybody else. Secondly, the Holy Spirit will only speak in line with the word of God. So if you know that, so what happens that when we know these two things and the Holy Spirit speaks to us, then we know this is the Holy Spirit speaking. And because we are sons of God, we are led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And then it says, because we did not receive the spirit of bondage again into fear. We did not receive the spirit that puts us in bondage to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We have received the spirit of adoption. That means that we have been brought. You know, there's two kinds of, let me just say this. There's two kinds of sonship. One is a biological sonship. Jesus was the only begotten son. He was actually begotten of God. You know, he's the, he, he was not adopted, but he was begotten of God. And the second way of you get sonship is by adoption. When somebody adopts you as a son and signs legal papers and you get that person's name. And from then on, that person is your, uh, you know, is your father and you are the son and you have the same rights as a natural born son because you are ado adopted. But this adoption is more than the second kind of adoption in which you go to court and uh, you are, um, you know, you sign the, the, this papers are signed and the child is formally adopted by a son. This is more than that. This is actually, you see, in the in 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 the Gospel of John, chapter three, it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." So Jesus was the only begotten Son. But then, when it comes to uh, later on in the Bible, then it says that Jesus was the uh, was the firstborn from those who are raised from the dead. So now Jesus is not the only begotten son, but we, he's the firstborn. That means we are also begotten of God. We are also born of God by the work of the Holy Spirit in us at salvation. When we received Jesus, the Holy Spirit brought the life of God into us. And so we are begotten by God and we are sons of God. Now, the only difference between Jesus and us is that Jesus is God. We are not gods. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus is as much God as the Father and as the Holy Spirit is. So he's the son of God in that sense. Now, for us, the similarity we have with Jesus is that because we have the life of Jesus in us, we are also begotten as the sons of God, but we are not gods in that sense. So because we have been adopted into sonship, so you got, we have been chosen. And so uh, this kind of sonship is, 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 is more than an, 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 an adoption uh, in, in the sense in which the human way we understand an adoption, how, you know, the court process in which a child is adopted by a, a father or a mother and becomes a child in the family. But it says that we have the spirit of adoption. It actually means that we have become sons. We have been made sons by the blood of Jesus. We are born into the family of God and God has accepted us and made us one. And because we have the life of God in us, we have received, we are partakers of the divine nature. As the Bible says, we are partakers of the divine nature. So 
we have that spirit of adoption by which we call Abba, Father. And Abba is, is the, the intimate uh, Middle Eastern way of saying Father. So we can enter into that place of intimate fellowship with God because God is our daddy. He is our father. Hallelujah. Now, John 8 verse 12. Well, we are talking about the leading that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, how they lead us and they guide us. Amen. Like in the old, old covenant, the Lord said, I am the Lord, your shepherd. But in the new covenant, they, you know, there's a there's different. Uh, there's one more difference I want to point out in the old covenant. God, yes, he was their shepherd. He used to lead, lead them. But in the new covenant, the shepherd lives inside of us. He leads us and guides us, not from the outside, but from the inside. And that is why, you know, in, in the old covenant, because they didn't have the Holy Spirit, they used to look for outward signs like Gideon. Remember Gideon put his fleece there. He wanted to make sure whether it was God or not. And he <coughs> put a fleece out there. If the fleece, <coughs> I'm sorry, whether the fleece was dry or, 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 or the fleece was, was damp, you know, that would determine. So uh, some, sometimes Christians say, well, I'm putting out a fleece. No, you don't put out a fleece as a Christian because Christians are not led by outward signs. Or sometimes people say, oh, I asked God for a sign. Listen, Christians are not led by fleeces or by outward sign. It is not the way it should be. Christians are led by the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. The reason that in the old covenant they had those fleeces and they looked for signs and remember how they cost lots. Remember how the disciples cast lots to see who would be the new apostle uh, after Judas hanged himself and the lot fell on a guy called Matthias. And, you know, so people in the Old Testament that cast lots and they put out fleeces and they look for outward signs in the new covenant. God does not lead us from the outside. He leads us from the inside. The Holy Spirit lives inside us and Jesus speaks to us inside through his Holy Spirit. So we have the inward witness. We have the inward voice of God speaking within us. And so we are led from inside. And so that's why it is not scriptural for Christians to put out fleeces and, and cast lots and whatever. That's not the way the Lord leads us, but we are led by the inward witness. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, look at John chapter 8 verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus is the light of the world. And he says, he who follows me. You know, we are talking about being led by the spirit, being led by God. We are to follow Jesus because he can lead us only if we choose to follow him. We cannot live our own lives and then expect his leading because you see you can only someone can only lead you if you have decided to follow him someone can only walk before you if you have decided to walk behind him so uh, it says that if you follow jesus you shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life and and you know here comes the whole thing of disciple why do you call yourself a christian is it because you don't want to go to hell you want to go to heaven and you want to have your you know your fire insurance paid off so you 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 receive jesus and and you say i'm saved and then from onwards you it's not a question of fulfilling his will doing you know seeking his will and uh, but it's a question of you living your own life and asking god to bless 
those parts of your life where you need his blessing. So when, when a person lives that life, it is not Jesus who is his Lord, but he is his own Lord. He is his own Lord and he uses Jesus to endorse and to bless his lifestyle. And you can't do that. If disciple of Jesus, one who wants to be led by Jesus has to put everything aside and follow Jesus with all his heart. And as you follow Jesus with all your heart, he is surely going to lead you and he's going to guide you and he's going to show you where to go. So Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light in this dark world. Jesus is the light. And he says, he who follows him shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If we choose to follow Jesus and decide that Jesus, I want your leading in my life. I want your guidance in my life. I want to follow you. It says, he who follows me, he shall no longer walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Hallelujah. So when we are led by the led by Jesus and we follow him, we shall always have lights. He, he light, he will make our pathways bright and not dark. In Philippians 2.13, it says, not in your own strength, for it is God, <coughs> I'm sorry, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. So, uh, this kind of dovetails with this past last verse I shared with you, John 8, 12. So when we follow Jesus, we shall not only have the light of life, but what will happen is that God will all the time continually work in us and energizing us and creating in us a desire and the power to will, to have the will to follow him and to work for him and also to work for his pleasure and his satisfaction and his delight. So, you know, we have our will, our satisfaction, our delight. Those are the things we want. I have my life planned out, planned out. Uh, this is what I want to do. This is my delight. This is my desire. This is my pleasure. But then what happens when I decide, okay, fine. I put all this aside. I'm going to follow Jesus. And when I begin to follow Jesus, then God begins to lead me. And as he leads me, I will have the light of light. I will no longer walk in darkness, but I'll have the light of light. And then Here's the great part. He will all the time on a continual basis, he will effectually work in me. He will do his work in my heart and in your heart, energizing and creating in us the will and the power and the desire to work for his pleasure and his satisfaction and his delight. Hallelujah. So when you follow Jesus, when you decide to follow Jesus, what happens? Jesus begins to do this supernatural work in your heart by his Holy Spirit. And when he does this supernatural work in his heart, in your heart by his Holy Spirit, suddenly there is born in you the, uh, the will and the desire and also the power to desire to do God's will to work for Jesus, not for your pleasure, but for his pleasure and his satisfaction and that which delights him. Hallelujah. For it is God who works in you effectually. Hallelujah. Energizing and creating in you the power and the desire 
both to will, to have the willingness, the willingness to have that desire. I have a burning desire in my heart, really, since I got saved. I've had this, I decided, when I decided to follow Jesus, I got this burning desire, this fire in my heart just to serve Jesus and to work for him so that he can be delighted, so he can be pleased and he can be satisfied. I just live and work for him because I want to please the heart of God. And when I please the heart of God, if that is my desire, if that is the will of God that I follow, then the desires of my heart are also met and I'm blessed and I'm so grateful. Praise God. And may the Lord bless you as you follow Jesus with all your heart. Let's have a word of prayer. We will continue again tomorrow, but let us finish this with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, praise uh, praise God. I thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy upon our lives. I thank you for my brothers. I thank you, Father, do a great work in your lives. Great work, great work. Lead them, guide them. May them know you in a way they have never known before, Father. Use them for your glory. Father, if there be any sickness or disease, any need in their lives, meet those needs and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. God bless you. Bye.